Hey there, I'm Jenna. I banged out a PhD in four years, landed my dream job in regenerative medicine, and shortly thereafter had to become my own best doctor to overcome SIBO, adrenal insufficiency, and crippling fatigue. And now I'm a functional nutrition coach that helps other type A go-getters achieve the life of their dreams without compromising their health. Welcome to the Fit to Thrive podcast. Go ahead and grab your espresso and let's dive in. Okay, so today we are diving into the latest craze in weight loss, and that is semaglutide, aka Ozempic or Wagovi. And since both of these are prescribable medications, I'm just going to say right now, anything that follows here is not medical advice. Please consider it purely for your education, for your entertainment, uh, but not as medical advice. So I think I have a pretty interesting perspective on this considering my background is working in pharma. I understand how these drugs work based off of their mechanism of action. And so I wanted to start off with just saying like, so there's Ozempic and Wagovi, right? Okay, so there's these two drugs. They became popular because of the way that the peptide that's in them can help your body in weight loss. So Ozempic and Wagovi are made from the same active ingredient, semaglutide, Ozempic was approved in 2017 as an adjunct to diet and exercise to improve glycemic control in adults with type 2 diabetes. So with any, Wagovi was approved in 2021. Okay, so there's a a few years between the two. With any FDA-regulated compound, it can only be marketed for its FDA-approved indication. This is really important from a safety perspective. You obviously wouldn't want a company going out and making these claims that a drug can do XYZ in in a different thing when they haven't studied to make sure that it's both safe and effective there. And so in order for a company... Like, so Ozempic was approved in for type 2 diabetes. In order for them to now market it in a much wider demographic, like they're doing with Wagovi, they had to be have additional studies um, in order to look at it both in a different indication as well as a different dose. So Wagovi was approved in 2021 for chronic weight management in adults with obesity or overweight that have at least one weight-related condition. So basically this means your BMI has to be over 30 or it has to be over 27 and you have high blood pressure or high cholesterol or something like that. Um, And Wagovi is given at a higher dose than Ozempic, but both Ozempic and Wagovi are semaglutide. And so now you might be thinking like, what is semaglutide? Okay, so semaglutide is a GLP-1 receptor agonist. So GLP glucagon-like peptide receptor agonist. So what does that mean? In your body, there are tons of receptors and then the things that bind to them, which would be called their ligands. Okay, so semaglutide is going to go into your body and it's going to bind to this specific receptor and it's going to activate it the same way as its regular ligand would do, meaning that it's going to invoke a biological process based off of the receptor that it's binding to. So it's going to antagonize or be an agonist to that receptor. So now you might be questioning, okay, so then what happens next in your body? So the receptor that it's going to bind to is most prevalent in your pancreas, which is the organ responsible for secreting insulin. Normally, your body will secrete insulin in response to increased blood glucose levels. So you eat something, your body breaks it down into the constituents, including glucose, and those are going to be circulating through your blood. 
In order to maintain a favorable amount of glucose in your bloodstream, your body produces insulin, and insulin is going to shuttle that glucose into different storage mechanisms throughout your body, whether that's in your muscles, in your liver, etc. And because we know that blood glucose being elevated for too long is like it is in diabetes, right, can cause unfavorable inflammation. There's several other harmful effects. And so that's why it's important to maintain that blood glucose level. Some additional effects of semaglutide include decreasing your glucagon secretion. You can kind of think of glucagon as the opposite of GLP-1, the opposite of semaglutide essentially. Its job is to signal the release of more glucose into your blood when your blood glucose gets low. Basically, it's saying, yo, liver, give me some of that stored glucose you have up in there in the form of glycogen. (laughs) Release it into the bloodstream as glucose because we need a little bit more of it circulating here in order to perform how we want to perform as a body. And so now you're probably starting to see why this drug started off as an adjunct treatment for type 2 diabetes. It really helps with that blood glucose management, um, insulin secretion to control that glucose. So there's a few other things that semaglutide also does. So I'm going to go into three. The first one is it's going to delay your gastric emptying. This basically means that food is going to stay in your stomach a little bit longer before it passes into your intestines. What this is going to do is it's going to prolong your feeling of fullness after a meal. So this can help kind of like reduce your overall food intake and helps therefore contribute to weight loss because you're not feeling like you're not getting hungry as quickly. You feel like, oh, wow, I'm full longer. The next piece is that it helps with appetite control. So semaglutide itself affects the appetite regulating centers in your brain. So it's going to lead to a decrease in feeling hunger and an increase in feeling satisfied from eating smaller portions of food. So this obviously like modulation of your appetite can help people to adhere to a much lower calorie diet supporting weight loss. And then the last thing here is it's going to modulate your like reward pathways in your brain. So semaglutide has been shown to influence the brain regions that are involved in reward processing and food cravings. And so by targeting those pathways, it's going to be easier for you to avoid those high calorie, dense, rewarding foods that you might love so much. And so that's basically how semaglutide works. It's, that's the mechanism of action in the body. It's going to bind to that receptor and it's going to have these downstream effects. So you might be sitting there thinking like, well, this sounds pretty good. <laughs> this sounds like, is this not the holy grail in weight loss if it's helping do all of these things? And so this is where some of the controversy comes in. There are two categories that I'm going to go through of things that I want you to consider as it relates to that question about it being the holy grail. So first off, with almost any pharmaceutical, there are going to be side effects, and there are side effects to Bogovi. Uh, Because of the side effects, it's usually something that you start off at a lower dose and try to kind of get your body acclimated to because it can cause nausea, stomach pain, vomiting, headaches. Those are like the the big ones, right? Uh, For any drug, anything that's going to go through the FDA, the company that is sponsoring that trial, that is sponsoring that drug, is going to work collaboratively with the FDA to generate a PI, like a package insert or prescribing information that comes along. So anytime 
uh, like the one that's like people you think I say this and people are like oh yeah I get that when you had your birth control back in the day and you have your little like pocket size thing of birth control and then you have that really thin paper thing it's folded up and it's like super long you open it up and it's like bigger than your head like you could hold it I don't know three feet by three feet or whatever right that's the package insert so that goes through not only the instructions for how you're supposed to use it but also some data from the studies the warnings the side effects anything that someone should be aware of when they're taking that drug. And so when you go to the package insert for Wagovi, there's this big box in the front of it that says and like warns you that in animal studies, the animals that were given semaglutide developed a thyroid cancer after that administration. It goes on to say, you know, they can't make any ties between the development of cancer in that animal model to humans but it's just something that you should be aware of. And if you have any thyroid issues as you're taking it, they say like, yeah, you need to stop taking it. Um, And so obviously if it was a holy grail, it would come without side effects. So I think that already answers that question there. But there's another pretty significant factor in that many individuals who take it and then go off of it will gain the weight back when they stop taking the medication. And there's a few reasons for this. the one that gets thrown around the most, like if you Google this, if you Google like weight gain or weight regain after stopping Wagovi, a bunch of articles will pop up about it, right? And a lot of the news articles will highlight the fact that in order to have a good weight loss management plan, right, it requires changes to your lifestyle. It requires changes to your habits so that when you stop taking that drug, you have these habits in place to maintain to maintain that weight loss. And so, because of all of the ways that Wagovi works, a lot of times people can kind of like get by by maybe not having those lifestyle habits, right? Not having that as a part of who they are when they come off of it. And so now when you go back to your old ways, naturally you're going to gain that weight back. But there's actually a more physiological reason as well why individuals who take semaglutide are really susceptible to weight gain. And the dark and scary part of it is that That physiology, that same exact thing that I'm about to describe to you, is not only what can cause you to gain weight back, but it's what's going to make it a lot harder for you to lose it than before you took the drug. Okay, so let's let's get back into let's dive into that for a lot of people taking Wagovi is hard to eat I have some friends taking it they're like no really I could wake up in the morning and make it all the way through dinner time and realize oh my god I haven't eaten anything and it's not like a gnawing hunger or pain right and so that comes from those three other mechanisms of action like things that I mentioned to you that slower gastric emptying you're going to feel fuller longer the appetite control how it manipulates the signals from your brain and the modulation of that like reward pathway in your brain and so you know while this is convenient I I am definitely one who in the past has been like god I wish I did not get hungry as often because you know always gotta be having a snack on hand and so like while it's convenient, if you recall from like episode of the episode two of the podcast, your body's going to adapt to what you're doing. So if you're taking this and you're not feeding it the calories, you are going to stop burning as many calories because your body goes, whoa, 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 we're not getting the nutrients in that I'm used to. We're not getting the energy, right? So calories are a measurement of 
energy. And so when you do not provide your body that energy, your metabolism is going to downregulate. Um, it's going to adjust to that slower gastric emptying rate. It's going to adjust to the less nutrients, the less calories, the less energy. And so now when you come off of it and your hunger cues come back because you're no longer having that modulation going on and you're starving <laughs> and you eat what you would have been eating before, even though that's probably an appropriate amount of calories for someone of your age, your size, etc. You're you're actually in an extreme caloric surplus because your body has adjusted to that little amount of food that you gave it before. So because of this, biology takes over, you're in a caloric surplus, that's going to get stored as fat and you are going to gain weight. Uh so you know another compounding effect compounding effect of this is that <laughs> Oh, and this is this, this like really irks me because this is more so to do with like patient education and the lack thereof. OK, so I mm, makes me so angry when I put a client into a calorie deficit. I'm going to make damn well sure that they are getting enough protein in. Why is that? Because your muscles are very energy demanding in order to maintain for your body. And so your body is susceptible to breaking them down if you're not getting enough protein in to sustain them, especially when you're in a calorie deficit. So now we go back to the situation where you're taking semaglutide, you're barely eating, you're not eating enough protein, and your muscles are going to take a huge hit you're not only losing fat, but you are going to be losing a ton of muscle mass as well. That's the first piece, okay? The second piece is that if you're someone who's also working out, training hard, you can experience this even more while your body is trying to adapt to those lower blood sugar levels. Your muscles are going to experience, we call this kind of like muscle flaking, um, at an even greater rate because of this. So now let's put this all together. When you are taking semaglutide, you're going to get a downregulated metabolism because you're just not eating very much, right? But now you combine that with the fact that when you come off of it, you are going to be less efficient, meaning you're burning less calories, but you're also going to be less muscular. This is a recipe not only for weight regain, but like I said, gaining back even heavier than when you started. And, and like this is not a guarantee to happen, but I see it happen so often due to the lack of patient education on how to appropriately navigate and take these drugs. And I just get so freaking annoyed and heated because inevitably I'm going to get a sweet client who's taken Wagovi, has had this happen to them, and I'll have to fix them. And it's, it's not only taken a toll on their body, but it's taken a toll on them mentally. It's going to take them more time to get results because you can't get those results when you don't have a healthy body, right? When your body is dysregulated, it is not a time to be able to do weight loss. So it's going to take them longer to get results. And they're going to be more skeptical of their ability to realize their fitness goals because of this whole experience. The more times that you fail at something, the harder it is to envision yourself having success in it. So it's not just a physical toll that it takes but it's going to take this huge mental toll and it makes me so angry um and so what should you do if you're taking these if you're taking this if you're taking semaglutide to have a better experience what should you be aware of what can you do to watch out for yourself so that you're less susceptible to this weight regain so some of this has to do with what I think you should do before you start taking it and then some of it once you start taking it 
So to start off, you should establish those habits. Those news articles are not wrong. If you kind of use this like quote unquote cheat code to get this weight loss, but you don't have the habits and the lifestyle to back it up, yeah, you're, you're going to rebound anyways, okay? Regardless of all of the other things that I list out here. So establish those habits, uh, whatever you need to do in order to get a healthy lifestyle before you go on it. Then I think it's very important, establish what your maintenance calories are before you go on this drug. Why is this important? Because if you are currently eating and maintaining your, maybe, maybe you're at a weight that you don't like, right? But you've not gained weight, like you're not actively gaining weight. Um, and so you know that the calories that you're eating in that time frame are approximately your maintenance calories. Let's say for easy math sake, it's like 2000 calories. Okay. So now you start taking Wagovi and you realize, oh my God, I've been only eating like 800 calories a day because that's just like what your hunger cues are telling you, right? That is a giant calorie deficit, giant calorie deficit. That is way larger than it needs to be. And so I think it's important that you establish what your maintenance calories are so you can kind of like check yourself, right? Like you, you should be able to put yourself in a 500, 600 calorie deficit and lose weight. You don't need a thousand calorie deficit or more to lose weight. Um, and it, the more that you slash those calories, the more you're going to downregulate your metabolism and make it challenging once you get off. Okay. So three, I think it's super important. I think you should get some labs done beforehand to get a baseline of where you're at. Um, due to some of the implications with thyroid health, due to the implications with all the other downstream effects that this can have, I think it would be so, so critically important to get a baseline for where all your markers are at beforehand so that when you come off, you can check it again and see if there's anything that you should address with either supplementation or lifestyle, etc. Okay. So that's all what I think you should do before. Then as you would go on it, you should pull back on your training. Um, and that might seem counterintuitive, right? If you're trying to do something for intentional weight loss, you might think like, well, shouldn't I be, you know, working out hard in order to help it out, right? And, and the thing is, is like what I talked about before, your body is going to need to go through this adjustment period where it's going to be having a change to your blood glucose levels. It's going to be having all these changes take place if you're also pushing yourself really hard in the gym, slamming the weights, slamming the hit, doing all this stuff, it is just not going to put your body in a favorable situation and you're going to end up flaking more muscle than you need to. So while you're adjusting, yeah, more walking, more yoga, more parasympathetic things, let your body have a little bit less intensity while you adjust to it. Then prioritize your protein for the love of everything holy. Please, please prioritize your protein. Um, a general recommendation is getting at least a gram per pound of your like ideal body weight. Um, the number six is based off of knowing what your maintenance calories in. Don't put yourself in a crazy, crazy, extreme calorie deficit. You don't need to, you're going to, you're, you're going to feel the effects of that. You don't need to do it. So understand what a good calorie deficit will be and then like help yourself out track your food still figure out where you're at and make sure you're hitting your protein and hitting your calorie targets um and then the last thing is you should work with someone who knows what they're doing while you're taking this um you know a lot of different healthcare providers can prescribe it uh doctors pas nps depends sometimes on the licensing in the state that you're in but work with someone who is able to have these conversations with you. If you bring this stuff up and they're like, 
no, it's fine and don't have any kind of education for you on it, yeah, you should get it from someone else. <laughs> okay. Um, and have someone that's on your side, that's working with you while you're taking it. And then while you're coming off so that you can avoid that weight regain as much as possible. Uh, so I hope you've enjoyed my perspective on this as someone who has worked in the pharma industry, worked through the FDA approval process and really understands that side of things and is now a functional nutrition coach and has to deal with the negative effects of this every now and then. If you have any other questions on the topic, send me a DM on Instagram. Let's chat about it. And until next time, I'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to the Fit to Thrive podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts. So please leave me a review. And if you loved the episode, snap a screenshot and take me on Instagram. Catch you next time.